is huge. I mean, it's like a man. It, it's big. Kane, son. You still don't understand what you're dealing with, do you? Perfect organism. Just tell me one thing, Burke. You're going out there to destroy them, right? Not to study. Not to bring back. But to wipe them out. That's the plan. You have my word on it. All right, I'm in. Let's rock! Look on my works, ye mighty, and despair. Welcome to Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Prater, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Christian Matska. Andy Geek Girl. Perry Chicos. Welcome to the show, guys. Hi. Hey. Hello. So tonight's show, today's show, whatever time of day you're listening to this show, uh, is, is a special show. We've talked about this probably for the last six months when our friend Derek from Alien Theory was on before. And uh, we had discussed via email and I think on our last show with you about coming on to defend Prometheus. And so we felt like it was the right time to do that. So welcome to the show, Derek. Thank you so much for coming on. It feels so good to be back. Thank you for having me. And I know that there's been some chatter um, in terms of social media when we announced this show, like, oh, you know, people excited to hear from you. Obviously, you have a very large channel on YouTube. Everyone go check it out. It's Alien Theory. I'm sure most of you know about it already. I know all of us here are aware of that and watch it and or listen to it. Um, But again, we are here to discuss slash defend Prometheus. And we've had other shows before, like, uh, so in 2007, Sorry, 2007, way before the show. In 2017, um, I had Patrick on to defend Alien Covenant. It was the first episode with Patrick, and uh, that opened the door for him to be to come on as a full-time co-host of the show. And we've had uh, defending or you know defending Alien Three or in defense of Alien Three, which was a series uh, that we produced probably about three years ago now, maybe a little bit longer. I'm not really sure. Um, but we haven't really touched on Prometheus in terms of, I mean, we've done a series on Prometheus. Obviously, again, there's a lot of controversy around it. There's a lot of criticism for it. Uh, and there's a lot of love for it too. And we are here to kind of talk about what that what that's about. So I want to give the floor to you, Derek. And again, Prometheus released in uh, 2012. I saw it in theaters, as I know all of you did, um, to very mixed reaction myself. But before we get into the mixed reaction, I'm curious about your journey with this film, Derek. Am I interrupting? I thought you might be running low. Pour yourself a glass, pal. Thank you, but I'm afraid it would be wasted on me. You think we wasted our time coming here, don't you? Your question depends on me understanding. What do you hope to achieve by coming here? What we hope to achieve was to meet our makers, to get answers. Why they even made us in the first place. Why do you think your people made me? We made you because we could. Can you imagine how disappointing it would be for you to hear the same thing from your creator? Do you think a time will ever come when there needs to be a defense of alien and aliens? Or you say from that episode? At least for the time being. No, I don't think we'll ever need to no. defend. <laughs> okay. Well, numbers are against us with the series, I guess. But um, uh, I, I mean, when it comes to the Alien series, like when you're a fan, I guess, um, you can see the movies objectively as as they are, as, as films as they are. But uh, there's always going to be a little bit of autobiography to it, I think. I mean, who amongst us doesn't remember you know, when we first saw Alien or Aliens and the great memories, those were and maybe the other sequels, not so much. But uh, with Prometheus, for me, it, it you know, it, it was a very kind of intense thing. Uh, and, and I think I went into it last time uh, on, on the podcast where I had reached a point where I felt that the series was, was pretty much done, or at least I felt done with it, because we had the original four, seemed 
that was a done deal. We're going to see a five for a while. Uh, then Alien versus Predator. We had the two films there. Uh, Requiem, extremely disappointing, kind of reverting back to the uh, B-movie roots of, of the series without without the gloss, uh, without any of the, the craft behind it. Very disappointing. And so we had these, I guess, five long years uh, where, where nothing was happening, but then the, the whispers of of a prequel, though maybe not necessarily a prequel, because that's one thing to, to easily forget uh, now that we are so far ahead now in the future of when Prometheus was released. Uh, it, it wasn't always clear that it was going to be a prequel uh there there were you know whispers about it uh, scott had kind of teased that we'd recognize elements of alien dna and, and things like that um but no one was 100 sure and and that's an interesting thing to me uh going into the movie because i mean you go into something like say star wars episode one the phantom menace you know exactly what you're getting you have certain expectations you want to see what's happening before you know anakin becomes darth vader and all, all that kind of stuff uh with this prometheus film well it's, it's not branded alien that's for sure uh it's not necessarily a prequel it exists in the universe and it's in that sense free to do its own thing and have its own mo which was interesting to me and, and not really revealing what the kind of connections were until actually seeing the movie itself uh that was exciting to me uh, that was something where I felt they could kind of start fresh in a way with, with the series, kind of doing it as, say, you know, reboot, remake, but not necessarily, um, but still having those alien elements that otherwise they would be accused of being an alien ripoff. In this case, it, it is an alien branded film for all intents and purposes. Um, and I, I saw the movie. I, I immediately loved it. I, I thought it was great. Uh, you know, when you see a movie, you just kind of have that that buzz of, you know, really experiencing something great uh, and kind of walking out of it, knowing I, I definitely had to see it again. And then seeing the reaction to it, which was kind of interesting uh, online, which maybe isn't quite what it is today, but still, you know, you'd, you'd see a lot of vocal people pointing out uh, certain misgivings of the movie. Um I, I kind of felt maybe almost naively at the time that, um, well, I mean, this is Ridley Scott. This is probably going to be something like Blade Runner, where in 10 years, people are going to really appreciate it for what it is. They're really going to recognize the genius of Ridley Scott behind this film. Uh, we are 10 years later now. It doesn't seem to be the case, uh, which... I, I mean, I don't think that was ever uh, the idea behind it. I think the idea was to make something that was intentionally going to be divisive. Uh, there was no way that they were going to appeal to every fan. Uh, but at the same time, uh, appealing to, say, you know, the normal moviegoers who have no idea this is connected to Alien, it kind of works that way. Uh, so you have, have your cake and eat it, too. Uh, it's, it's a completely different uh, atmosphere to Alien. Uh, a different uh, way it works with its characters uh, almost feels like a different genre only being you know science fiction and horror elements to it so it is almost this non-alien anti-alien alien movie and that to me as a fan was very refreshing and i'm sure it was refreshing for the filmmakers as well uh, and i think it's it's just such a unique film it's something that we're probably never going to see again. Uh, we're never going to see uh, the risks that this movie takes ever again in being a, a you know a franchise type of movie. And I appreciate it as its own entity and the way it connects to the Alien movies. But I think it, it stands on its own, even discounting Alien Covenant uh, extremely well. And, you know, I watched it last night. I just get it fresh in my mind for for this uh, podcast and i i have to say i still love it I, I think it's great so those are my initial thoughts may i ask you something please do how far would you go to get what you came in all this way for your answers what would you be willing to do anything and everything i remember on ain't it cool news back when that was a website 
someone had a leaked photo of what I believe ended up being the Prometheus galley. And they'd zoomed in on a door in the back way in the background saying, look, it's just like Ron Cobb's design for the door over here on the Nostromo. And people were arguing, no, 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 it's not connected. It's not the same thing. But we, that's, that was the world we were living in of trying to understand, trying to piece together all these little breadcrumbs. It was, it was a different world. It really was. There, there was so much excitement happening for that film. I mean, again, Ridley Scott's return to sci-fi after how many years? 30 years, almost something like that. Um, I mean, you have the the man, not just him, but certainly his vision, responsible for redefining the genre twice with Alien and then with Blade Runner, coming back to the genre that he redefined. I mean, it was like the king returning. You know, it was one of the most exciting times in Phantom I can ever remember, way more exciting than the roll-up to Covenant. Um, but yeah, and I think it was, to your point, Derek, it was a very different experience. Some of that was because people didn't know, and there was some chatter happening from people like Damon Lindelof. Is it an alien film? Is it? No, I don't know. I don't know. Is it connected? Some kind of circus act with words that was in the end, probably a little bit frustrating for the fans. Like, just tell us what this is. Um, and then obviously we, we find out, but uh, I, I think, and I've said this many, many times that roll up, was amazing. And I saw the film four times in theaters, I believe once in 3d. Um, I remember getting that poster from the IMAX version um, that I wish I still had, but I do not. It was a really, really great time. And I'm curious and I'll, anyone else can jump in, but my question for you, Derek is what jumps out for you? What, what is it about this film that sits with you so well? Well, it, it addresses kind of the, the universal questions of, of science fiction. It's, it's not really something in the, in the same vain is alien where it's it's a the pursuit of a biological weapon we have these characters in pursuit of what made us wh who made mankind i think that's that's a really daunting thing uh and that you kind of have to do as seriously as possible which which i think the film does and so when we kind of address that with you know the the wayland character uh that makes it all the more interesting once he's kind of revealed because it's it's not about profit at this point. You you know we always kind of have this idea of the the mega companies they're controlling the world, but they themselves they can't control their own mortality. Uh, so that'd be kind of the end game, I think. So it kind of goes beyond uh, the the usual nefarious plots of of these mega corporations, and it's it's an interesting thing to see. Uh, and it's just so different than what uh, you know a science fiction horror film usually does. And I think a lot of that uh, is credited to its characters. Again, it's something very, very different from from the original Alien. Uh, those characters we get to know become engaged with uh, through through their actions alone as as the situation unfolds. Uh, with Prometheus, they're they're very carefully written characters, uh, which I appreciate. I mean, obviously we have Elizabeth Shaw, who was kind of the the, the religious aspect who believes in, in in the creation and just kind of uh, firm in her beliefs uh, from beginning to end. Kind of this whole journey of her her past, as as we see in her dream. You know, she had lost both her parents, uh, and that question must have plagued her for her life. Well, where do we go? And if we want to know where we go, where do we come from? How do I find that out? And the repeated line, uh, it's it's what I choose to believe, which which David observes, which is very you know interesting when he sees in the dream and she mentions it in Waking Life and he gives that curious look, which I thought was great. Um, and she herself, as we learn, she, she can't create life. You know, we, we learn in kind of the dialogue that uh, she's uh, a baron, I suppose, or whatever that the case between her and her her mate Holloway may be. Uh, but then there's this, you know, terrible, perverted betrayal of that, and and finally hosting life, and it's is this terrible, terrifying squid creature, uh, which is I don't know this this great irony and. Uh, watching the film for the first time, you, you do obviously get a sense that she's the main character. But what was really surprising to me at the time uh, was was how we revealed the David character to be kind of the the second half uh, to to this story, where he has his own arc and 
Uh, we see that he is bonded to the Wayland character. And in, in the last act of the film, when he kind of comes out of his own sleep with, with a few days of life left to live, we almost get this, I suppose, as much for, for a robot as, as we can, this like sense of giddiness from David, which is very interesting, this cocksuredness. You know, he's walking up on uh, the uh, centerpiece of the engineer's cryopods, you know, superior species, no doubt. I trust these will impress and things like that. Um, and how it, it is this kind of story of uh, 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 the king and his reign and his son, David, daughter, Vickers, who resents him terribly and his refusal to, to give up, uh, his, his empire, refusal to give up uh, life. Uh, which is, you know, it's, it's, it's this, again, this universal thing. I think the characters are so uh, well executed in this film. So, you know, the, the, the very premise of the movie is so fascinating to me. And the characters in which it's played out, uh, I think, are very compelling. Please tell me you can read that. What are you doing, David? I'm attempting to open the door. Wait, we don't know what's on the other side. Oops, sorry. Derek, I would agree with you in many points, and I love to see your passion for Prometheus and, and all of the reasons that you talk about. Like, I can hear it in your voice, how much you love it, which is really cool, um, because I, too, like, really enjoyed this film. And... It, like I said, for the same reasons you're bringing up, I mean, Scott gives us like the engineers, right? Like that's a huge piece of it. And um, just something that isn't, wasn't in the universe, right? Until, until Prometheus really, and, and just opens up just a whole nother, just casts a wider net of like um, what there could be, which I feel going back to the characters, right? And humans trying to, find out what's beyond earth what's what's beyond our lives where do we go that elizabeth shaw sort of understanding and and like voyaging out into space to find that right it, it we see like the horror behind it right like scott plays with this aspect of like it's almost like the entire idea of when Dallas and the crew walk into the room with the space jockey right and they're and you're like you get hit with the sense of just immense vastness in this huge idea of like, Hey, maybe we're dealing with something that's much larger than we are. Right. And I feel like Prometheus always has that idea lingering in the back of your mind, which is like, j just very curious to me. Right. Like I'm always like, Oh man, like our, like, what are they about to discover that could be bad? Like they're thinking it's going to be really could be good. Obviously, they're risking their lives and, 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 um, you know, going out to discover what, what the engineers, you know, invited them to, to see. Right. Um, but there, there's always this aspect of not really truly or fully understanding what it is really that they were doing. Yeah. It's, it's awesome that we kind of get that Scott shows us this cool idea of like how life is created on earth and where we maybe go after that or, or what our purpose is in a sense but you we still don't fully understand it and until like you know in that last act where it's where it's just kind of horrifying right and and i love the peter whalen aspect into the story where we get like this back this background into that man and his desire to want to live longer or live forever or whatever maybe that was supposed to play out if the engineer wouldn't have killed him but like even the dialogue uh, as I'm sure many of our listeners know, like researching the uh, the dialogue that was cut right between David and the engineer and just like diving deeper into what Scott was potentially trying to present with what the engineers had done in the past and maybe where they've been and and their link to Christianity, right, in some sense of that. But that that's just like what you brought up, Derek, right there initially is just such a it's such a cool element to i i mean at least i do i know i'm i'm pro prometheus here but uh, just a cool element to bring in to the alien 
just story in, in franchise that that really um i guess whether you like it or not like can kind of shape like then how we feel about the original films now but if if you look at it in certain ways it, it can just present such a just a different understanding and just like a a, a larger net like i had mentioned like it just casts this wider like what else is out there what else were the engineers doing sort of a thing which is cool to me i i really like that <laughs> oh yeah how cool is it though how it is yeah it's this um journey to find the the origin of man but that's not unrelated to kind of the purpose of of the alien and the overall thing we do kind of find that there is this common link between man and the alien being the engineers and and the pathogen uh so we share this connection with with the alien which i never would have expected uh coming from a prequel i mean obviously anyone going into it is, is going well was going to have their their own expectations of what exactly the you know jockey was where they came from and, and all that uh and obviously we re revealed that to be the engineers but uh i think that was a little extra something in you know whatever this genetic makeup dna bastardization is uh we in the alien kind of share it like humans in the alien i guess i should say i think that's such a cool idea and uh, again, it's just something I, I, I never would have anticipated. Yeah, um, I'm hearing the word idea a lot. And I think that's where I defend Prometheus the most is the introduction of, or maybe the sort of expanding upon these large ideas, right? I think the original trilogy, especially um, the first one, it was a, about immediacy of what it means to be a human, right? Survival and just being in that sort of sympathetic situation in our mind, you know, that, that and I mean that in terms of like neurology, like your body just goes into sympathetic mode, whereas I like this aspect of what does it mean to be alive for the long term? What does it mean to want to stay alive forever? And not just for the next hour, right? Which is what that first family was. What does it mean to be expendable uh, or to have meaning in my life, right? To not be expendable, but to, but to live beyond. What do I leave behind? The whole idea of having an heir and carrying on legacy that I admire about this film, I have to say. I like the ideas planted in here and the questions asked and the questions unanswered. I think that's my biggest takeaway of it was pondering these ideas. And some of it, I thought the seeds were planted masterfully. Um, and some, I thought the execution or like the, the question maybe was asked and then forgotten and then something was thrown in our way to kind of sidetrack us but my my takeaway is the the sort of larger themes introduced do i think everything was executed perfectly i do not but i think that's my biggest um defense if you will uh, for it I, I know with alongside myself and Christian, we are not the biggest defenders of this. And I don't want to go into all the reasons why, but I do love those questions. And I have to say my favorite thing, because Jamie, you asked about what was your in initial takeaway? Love the opening sequence. I love it. That is what stayed with me at the when I left the theater was those first however many minutes, the visual, the intrigue. I was so taken with that. I was like, where is this going? And that's what I, I took away when I left, was that beginning. And I had just wished I'd felt that way throughout. Yannick, listen to me. Hold me, please. You have to stop it. We're not stopping anything, Shaw. We're going home. Yannick, if you don't stop it, it won't be your home to go back to. On Alien Day of 1993, an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation came out called The Chase, 
where humans, Romulans, Klingons, and Cardassians all race to find the, the common origin of all these sentient species. And what they find are these tall, bald, humanoid aliens who seeded the galaxy with you know, with their DNA so that, so that they could propagate all over the place. I'm sitting there and they take the helmet off and it's, it's a bald guy, just like in the opening, like, yep. Okay. This seems very familiar. And around that same time was when fire in the sky came out, which also had the idea that aliens wear a gigantic helmet and we find their helmets or their, their, their spacesuits. Yes. Prometheus asks some big questions, but sometimes what it's asking is kind of dumb because so what? So a sci-fi film at says, my God, aliens made us. Isn't that amazing? And I say, no, no, that's a very, very common theme throughout all of science fiction. And it gets into this pseudoscience that, that gets a little bit embarrassing, I feel, for the people involved. Are you gullible enough to think that humans are somehow created by aliens, but the dinosaurs that preceded us by hundreds of millions of years not created by aliens? What, you know, what's the story there? But I came to praise not to uh not to tear down prometheus so it is a gorgeous film and jamie i think that you made this point we're never going to see another film like this in part because they gave such a gigantic budget to ridley scott to do this comeback to science fiction and and he put it all on screen uh, when you watch that four hour long documentary that Charlie De, De Las Rica made and you see the vehicles that they built and the, the layers of costuming and all this wonderful detail, it is all up there and it's gorgeous and it probably will never happen again. Like Andy, um, I think that there are some amazing ideas in Prometheus. In fact, and I've said this before on our show, various shows, when I saw it the first time I came home, I could not stop thinking about it for days i could not stop thinking about it. i couldn't get it out of my head uh, my then partner dennis he was the same way he was like oh my god he's like i just can't stop thinking about this movie and i was like what is up like why can't i stop thinking like the seeds for lack of better terms were planted and i thought there the ideas were great i i loved the idea of the the engineer i thought the engineers were scary they were as scary as the xenomorph in a different way because it's more like us, but we st and we look in their eyes and we can't tell what we're seeing, even though they have eyes, unlike the xenomorph. We still don't know what we're like. We can, as humans, we can you know walk into this into some space with other humans and kind of get a sense of the room. We can read the room, we can read other people to some degree. Whereas with the engineers, there's nothing like that happening. These things are nine feet tall. You don't know what they want, they can tear you limb from limb. That's terrifying. And I've not seen anything else presented in a film that's that's terrifying except for the creature in the boogeyman which um perry and i are going to discuss in a episode after this uh for patreon um but so i love the ideas and i also thought prometheus was the most beautiful film ridley scott has made visually since alien to be quite honest like i it is absolutely beautiful and i remember seeing those first stills and I and it felt like Alien, and I just was like, oh my god! Like I, I could not wait. Again, father of sci-fi, coming home. Oh, you know, life can't get better than that. This is a defensive Prometheus episode, and I'm not here to tear it down, but I am here to push back for sure. And I think discussing, like, I don't want to get too granular or too like uh, this and this little thing here bugged me, and this is stupid, and I don't want to, I don't want to get bogged down with that kind of thing, but. I also feel like that there were, for me, sci-fi, it works the best when I don't know. Sci-fi works the best when they're asking questions, not answering them. And when I think my issue with Prometheus is, or and was, that this was really Scott, oh yeah, this guy's in the chair. I don't need to know who's in that chair. I don't need to know who's in that chair. That space jockey works better without me knowing what's in that chair. That is... That is a mountain I will never climb. I, I do not believe that what I'm seeing in in Prometheus is what is in the chair in Alien. I just don't believe it. I don't buy it, and I won't. I refuse to. Now, that's just on, that's just me. Uh, Alien is a better film because they walk into a ship, and we don't know what kind of ship it is. Um, and I think my issue with Prometheus has been, 
in, in big picture terms is I don't need these questions answered. Nobody asked you to, a- to answer these questions, to answer these questions. And at the same time, Ridley Scott doesn't owe me anything. He, he you know, he's a, a big director. He can do what he wants to do. I, I would argue that Alien isn't really his. I think it's as much Dan O'Bannon and, you know, Ron Chesset as it is his. He decided, okay, I'm going to approach this. He's going to try to answer a question that no one asked him to answer. And I think it demystifies Alien a little bit. And that's, again, big picture, some of my issue with the film. And some of these things that we're going to discuss are going to be subjective. You know, Perry's going to like something for whatever reason um, that I won't like. And I'm, it's going to be the same with me or I'm not going to like something for whatever reason. And there is no way in any universe that anyone's going to convince me that the characters in Prometheus are believable. There's just no way. Now, that being said, the Shaw that is in the last like 20 minutes of the film, I love. She's lost everything. Um, you can feel it. You can feel it in her, like, you can hear it in her voice. You can see it in her body. Her character becomes more interesting when she's not as perfect as she was in like the first two thirds of the film, where it's that, like, oh, it's what I choose to believe, which to me, that, that, quote is just like it's never resonated well with me and i think the issue is and derek you 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 stated this well is expectation we bring in expectation and when we experience letdown and um it's usually because our expectations aren't being met and i think it was going to be almost impossible for ridley scott to come back to alien and tell a story where we're not bringing in the the glamour and the glory and the the masterpiece that is alien and not expect the same thing, especially after Blade Runner. How do you not bring that into a film like this? And then you see a film that's way more obvious than both of those films. Whereas alien and Blade Runner really played in mystery. You don't know a lot in those movies and it's okay because you're immersed in this world. But with Prometheus, it became this, Oh, then this is this and and then this and then this. And it's like, well, where's the mystery here? If you're answering all the questions, why am I watching this? If I, you know, so I don't want to belabor this too much, but that's my pushback a little bit. And that's, uh, and I, again, I, and I've said this many, many times, I will watch Prometheus with the sound off. I, I think it's just beautiful. And there are, there are moments in it that rival sci-fi films. To keep this show honest, I have to at least tell you how I'm feeling. In defense of Prometheus, it's interesting what you said, Jamie, because I too, I, I totally get your point. Like, yes, is it demystifying some of the things that Alien presented to, you, to us? Yeah, totally. I mean, if if you w- want to look at it that way and and, and um, choose to believe those things that Prometheus um, might be insinuating about what the space jockey is and things like that. You could totally do that. I I actually love to hold on to the mystery of the space jockey as well. And I, as much as I love Prometheus, I also think the space jockey is, is something different. Not saying that it might not be an engineer, but I it could be a different race. It could be, we just don't truly know. And I, what I enjoy about Prometheus is Scott doesn't exactly answer that because there's just there's so much more out there. I mean, they go to that planet. There's, there's more domed buildings that you see in the background. Like there, there's uh, you know, we just like, don't truly know the story of what crashed on LV 426 and, and what, how the eggs even came to be right um, within the cargo of that ship and all that stuff too. Right. So I like, I love to hold on to that. And that could totally personally be me just like holding on to my, like, childhood nostalgic like brain and understanding of like when i first watched those films but i love it i love it that way that's what makes it more fun for me to enjoy that um but now i'm gonna pivot christian to what you said uh, about the star trek side of it right and and like yes is this maybe not the first time that something like this has maybe been presented in a sci-fi uh story to an audience like this right my defense and I haven't seen every sci-fi film or TV show. So like, I'm only speaking from what I know, but um, 
like Star Trek is coming at us in this has created this environment where these characters are like already dealing with other species um, in space. It's like Star Wars too, right? It's like if it's like if Luke Skywalker and the gang were like, hey, let's go find where we all came from sort of thing. You'd be like, oh, yeah, cool. OK, it's like galaxy fighters and lasers and and they got cool spaceships and stuff like that. But Prometheus is like so much more like alien to where it's um, Andy kind of to what you were saying a little bit is, is it's, is it's just uh, it's more cerebral and, and it's just more real in the aspect of like, I'm, I'm looking at these characters. I, I see myself in them. They, they haven't like, there's this sense of like, haven't explored space that much yet so there's this still this discovery aspect they're they're out to truly find what that is um and so there's this level or this um i don't know what the word i'm looking for but it, it's it feels new or, or it felt like to me something that i hadn't seen exactly before but i totally get what you're saying christian too right like i mean and scott's obviously a lot older than me so like he's lived through that and could be grasping from a lot of different things to to pull into what he's trying to build too, right? And my last point I was going to say is um, Prometheus could be, I mean, there's two different kinds of like sci-fi, right? Like Scott, obviously we know we're like in the sci-fi horror genre. One thing, and Derek, I kind of was thinking about this when you were speaking earlier was just, um, you think about contact, right? Jodie Foster, um, her dad dies like she's she's desperately like following in his footsteps kind of to like and then wants to it's just so sweet at the end where she gets to like kind of find out like where he went after he passed away sort of a thing and that in that like love transcends all this time and space right Th that's very much like a prometheus somewhat aspect uh, or film in comparison a little bit. I know I might be going down a, a crazy train route here, but it's just like th there's um, that's very realistic as well, but more of like a happy ending, really lovey sort of storyline, right? Where I feel like Prometheus Scott is taking us down like this bigger than us sort of idea and like how horrifying it could be if it like all goes wrong or you just don't handle it properly. And, and that idea... I feel like is presented in each character that he shows us to where it's like Shaw, David, even Wayland, like thinking he's going to be able to, to find eternal life, like by meeting these engineers. And in fact, it just fast tracks him more to death <laughs> or, uh, you know, quicker to death. And, uh, that's scary, right? Like that's, that's horrifying. And, and so, um, yeah, so that that's just to what to defending what you guys had said a little bit. That's just what it reminded me. And and again, I know I'm speaking from my own experience and what I've consumed. Um, but again, it's just like why why I really enjoy that film so much. Dan O'Bannon has that great quote, uh, I, I didn't steal from anything, I stole from everything, uh, which I mean, I guess you could apply to, to Prometheus too. Uh, definitely tried and true ideas there, and, and that's great. Um, uh, just that it's it believes in them and is serious about them, and I like that. Uh, and our characters do. The characters believe in them. Our characters have desires, they have their own goals kind of intersecting each other conflicting with each other a little bit uh, which all plays out great um and and yeah obviously to touch on all that we've been talking about uh visually it's it's just a breathtaking movie it really is and i think you know what you can also say about a lot of movies from a visual standpoint is that if you can watch it with the sound off if you can kind of get a sense of of what's going on then then that's that's a good sign of, of, of visual communicating in a story. And you kind of almost do, even even if you are watching with the sound off, I, I'm kind of recalling that scene uh, where they're in the tunnels uh, and, and they see the, the playback of the engineers running and you're seeing this story and you're kind of engaging with it like, oh, what, what happened here? 
so, so I think that's very, very interesting. And uh, I, I just think that, you know, with the, the whole expectation angle as well. Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, it's the irony of all prequels, it seems. It's like we think we want to know what happens before dot, dot, dot. Uh, but, I mean, has there ever really been a prequel where, where everyone can say, yeah, that, that really tied in well? I, I don't necessarily think so. Um, yeah, Rogue One. Rogue, Rogue One, okay. Um, <laughs> I don't have a, a clear memory of that one. Uh, just like the, the terrible CGI uh, Carrie Fisher. Yes, agree. Um, and, um, uh, sure. I mean, you can take a look at, at certain ones, and that's... Uh, okay, I guess that would be fair enough. But um, uh, what I like about Prometheus is that, you know, I, I, I didn't expect any of what we saw. I mean, we can see in some of the other media of alien uh they they had tried to address that before with with uh the space jockeys with the aliens we've seen some of you know uh the earth war storyline the the apocalypse uh the the falling angels was it or the destroying angels um we've seen it from from those angles and that's kind of interesting stuff too um but is it really just a matter of seeing this big giant creature come to life and then what do you do with it exactly um, so I do like how the the whole thing goes off on its own uh, trajectory. It's, it's its own ideas. So I'm I'm always going to uh, praise it for that and defend it for that. Um, just because it not only wasn't really what I was expecting myself from a personal fan point of view of, of what happened before dot dot dot, uh, which one it leaves uh, a, a gigantic gap worth maybe five more sequels that Scott had originally planned to do. Um, but it, it's just something that I, I would never even considered, which I like that. I like being surprised as an audience member, rather than getting the satisfaction of being somewhat of what I expected, somewhat of what I wanted. I uh, just kind of taken off guard a little bit and kind of having to force myself to uh, take on this, this new concept. And of course, there's all the other concepts that, borrowed from here and there the, the great tried and true sci-fi of it all the the true believer sci-fi approach of ridley scott um but uh never really applied to to alien within the alien universe and i think all of those ideas uh fit together in a surprising way and a way that you know at least satisfies me and we, we can say this is a defense of prometheus and of course within the fan circles there's there's always going to be uh the divisiveness but i mean i think generally the movie was well received from those who maybe didn't even know it was an alien movie maybe from those who did uh had fairly good reviews uh did very well at the box office as far as i know um <laughs> i mean we're still talking about it a lot of people are still talking about it to this day so there has to be some highlight to that I mean, here we are, 11 years later now. Is Prometheus good or bad? We we all haven't decided yet. Uh, but I also don't think that um, those binary terms, good or bad, I, I think that those can be, those can work against um, whatever you're talking about. I think um, the world, uh, the world that we live in isn't binary. It's, it's, it can be gray. It can be good and bad. It can be a mix of all sorts of things. I said about Prometheus, even though I wasn't a big fan, but months later i said there's a masterpiece of a film in this in this movie and i'm still convinced of that there's something really great about this film um and i think what's happened is prometheus came out 10 years ago but also it came out in a time where we had technology has gone really far in terms of cgi in terms of so you have star trek and x files and all of these things that were happening that were in the social zeitgeist um so by the time prometheus came out a lot of the things we've seen before, to Christian's point, uh, one of those things being the black goo, which the X-Files did on TV. And the X-Files also stole from Alien because, you know, you had the alien creatures gestating inside of a, a host and then breaking out. But before they did that, there was the black goo. Um, that was their their method of transportation, essentially. And so by the time Prometheus did it, it was like, y'all couldn't come up with anything better than this. Uh, it's not to say, though, but uh, to, to an earlier point. Ideas are recycled all the time. It's just how you recycle them. Um, 
to Dan O'Bannon's point, I mean, even George Lucas, you know, everyone, everyone has stolen from other people or lifted, maybe not stolen. It's probably a harsh term, but everyone's been inspired by other stories. Um, as a writer myself, I'm inspired by tons of things that end up in the stories that I write, of course. Um, and I think, but in the in the medium of film and sci-fi, because there's been films like um, uh, Sunshine and I mean, I, many, uh, uh, what's that one film by Paul A. Anderson uh, where they go to the ship and the ship's like haunted? Event Horizon. Event Horizon, um, which also riffs off of Alien as well. And there's The Descent, which is a great film. Then there's The Descent too. So all of these films are preceding Prometheus. And so by the time, again, Prometheus releases, we've seen a lot of that stuff. And so what was impactful about Alien was that we've never been immersed in a world like that before. But also, I've never seen a film like Alien again. Alien is, to, for me, what 2001 is um, like for sci-fi, just kind of in a, in, like Alien for me is a sci-fi horror genre. Like it redefined that genre the way 2001 did. There's been no other film like Alien. And I think part of what I missed about Prometheus and when you're talking about the fan base and we've had these discussions between us before fans are fickle fans don't know what they want fans think that they know, but then they want something new, but not too new, but old, but new. Um, but I want to see this character, but I want to make sure that they're new characters too. And I really want to hear that line, but why am I hearing that line? I've already heard that line before, you know, so fans are fickle making a film or writing a story to, to please fans is the wrong way to go for sure. Um, I think you need to, you need to be true to yourself. You need to be true to yourself as an artist. Um, but I also think it's a hard thing. I think prequels are already fraught with so much prequels are dangerous and it's not to say that you shouldn't do them because they're dangerous. They're just dangerous. And then you get all of these different reactions, very people who love it, people who hate it. Um, and then within those circles, if you don't love it the way someone else loves it, it's a, it's some type of like uh, insult against you or against them because you don't love it. And I think we've been able to create a space here in perfect organism where we can talk about things that we love. Um, Christian doesn't, and, and Andy both don't love alien three the way Patrick and I and Perry does, but we've been able to have those discussions um, and hear all sides of it and say, you know what? There is, merit to what you to your opinions christian andy and come to this place and i i i i, I think with prometheus for me i have not been able to get to that spot even though there are things that i love and i i, I even recording this right now i'm thinking oh my god what are people going to say uh about like things that i am saying like oh jamie's criticizing this because it's been so volatile um people are so volatile that if you if you criticize something that they love, they take offense to it. But I think we should be able to. And I love this series so much. If if you passionately love something, you should also be able to passionately criticize it from that love, which is I love Star Wars and I passionately criticize Star Wars all the time. I, I think that this important this discussion is really, really, really important. And hopefully uh, the people who are listening who love Prometheus can also come to a place where they're like, you know what? Yes, we love it, but we can also see where other people are coming from. Speaking of Star Wars, in the very first episode of Ahsoka, streaming now on Disney+, Plus, there's a moment where a character picks up this orb that is a map to another galaxy, and there is a full-on quote of the Prometheus, um, the theme that sounds like Star Trek, you know, the one that I mean, that, that later on uh, David has to play on his little, his little flute in Covenant, and I couldn't believe it. So 11 years later, you know, someone felt the need to, to reference Prometheus in that moment. Thanks to Facebook, I was able to look back at uh, opinions that I had shared just after seeing the film 11 years ago, and they were very positive. With the one, the one note, I was fully convinced that Ridley Scott intended to release a longer director's cut of this movie. And so with all of my praise and saying I really enjoyed this, but I kept saying, and I can't wait to see the, the, the true full director's cut when he puts it all together. And when that didn't come out, and instead we get a Blu-ray with a whole bunch of extras and every single extra scene that had been cut was better, was, was an improvement, you know? And so fans have made edits where they've put all of that material back in. And so on the very rare occasion, I've only seen Prometheus, 
three times maybe in my life. I watch once in the theater, I watch the extended cut where all of those deleted scenes and the Ted talk and all that are integrated back in. And it is a much better film. It, he gives motivation to characters who otherwise are really lacking it. Why would you cut out the extra um, engineers in that opening scene, the scene that Andy loved so much? There are old engineers there and it, and it creates a sense of, of community and, and, it, and it elevates the ritual of it. But for the runtime, he cut it. And I don't know. I'm here to praise. I'm here to praise. So when I do want to watch Prometheus, the extended cut that takes everything that Ridley Scott filmed, but didn't eventually deem screenworthy, put it all back in, and it is a much better film. Oh, oh, ah, ah, you're strong. Maybe you should help me now, okay? Get off that, okay? Oh, oh, oh. Come here, man. Look out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's getting tighter. I ain't touching it. I don't want to touch it. Touch the thing, man. For God's sake, don't be... Ah, God, you're making it worse. Ah, it's tightening. It's tightening. Ah, it's breaking my arm. It's breaking my arm. Cut it off. 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 Oh, I was going to say, when we talked about just the expectation, right, versus the reality, I mean... Isn't that true for most things? Don't we love the question? And then when we truly dissect the, something to the point where we're no longer seeing it as a whole, we're disappointed, right? I didn't need to know what the space jockey was, like you said, because that, and especially after decades, we have told that story in our mind and filled it in in our mind in a thousand different ways, right? Millions of people have told our own story, whether we consciously were thinking about it or not. So when we do get a collective answer or sort of clues given, of course, everyone's going to be like, that's what it is. It's that, you know, I think you, it's a no win situation. Like you were saying, they're dangerous. It's a no win situation. And you can like aspects of it, which I did. And you could, and I, there's good ideas in there. But I, I think it's hard to answer or try to answer questions that have been out there for decades that the joy, part of the joy of aliens, if you want to use that word, I know it's weird with that movie, but is discovery and thinking, like, what is that? And not knowing. That is one of the best things about, especially original, is not knowing and, and having your mind fill in the blank. So when we have computers and certain characters questionably doing things that are filling in those blanks. Sometimes it's hard to sort of, yeah, A, you're never going to please people, but B, there's that certain level where you're like, oh, that's it. You know, I, it's just, I don't think you can get over that. And I think just having that mystery out there for, for 40 years or 30 years at the time, like, we all, I, that sat well with me. I don't think I needed a prequel is what I'm saying. I loved the idea of it. But I think like Jamie was saying, they're always dangerous. And I totally concur about Rogue One. I am a massive Rogue One stan. I agree with you on that. If Can it's done well, you know. Robert De Niro in Godfather 2 playing the young version that is universally accepted as, as a really, really good prequel. So when they take the helmet off the severed head, if you could CGI in Robert De Niro, who pretty much already looks like an engineer, you know, <laughs> he could say some taxi driver lines. It'd be really good. I think that leads me to my, maybe one of my final questions for you, Derek, how do you process? And you can answer this obviously in any way you want to, but I, when you hear, the criticism or the people like, Oh, this, I have a hard time with this in Prometheus. And maybe you don't, um, I don't know. I, you haven't really discussed and you don't need to, obviously you don't, you haven't really discussed maybe some things in the film that don't work. But when you hear the, the chorus coming from certain parts of the community of like, yeah, this movie doesn't work. How do you process that? You're like, Oh, okay. That's weird. It works for me. What is that like for you? You talking to me? Okay. Taxi driver line. Um, yeah, another good one that I just thought of was uh, Psycho Four at the beginning. Anyone see that? That was that was all right. Um, 
but uh, well, before I uh, address that, Jamie, um, uh, going back to to the joy of Alien, one thing, I mean, there are a million things that kind of gravitates me to to Alien, but if I'm true with with myself deep down, what really attracts me is is the monster movie elements, a cool monster. Um, and you know, before everyone starts accusing us of, of waxing philosophical throughout this whole thing, I think Prometheus just kind of has it where it counts when it comes to cool, violent, gross, uh, under your skin kind of monster movie moments, which which are great. Uh, you know, I, I mean, hey, you're well, I guess to 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 go to to, to Jamie's point about certain uh qualms people have with the movie the whole uh petting the space snake thing you know going all uh steve Irwin on the little mutated vagina face kind of thing very appropriate for the world of alien of course well you know uh people will bring that up and say hey why is he doing that come on well i don't know but uh if if it had just jumped up from behind them and the results were the same would would you still not like it you know is it just really that tiny tiny thing that tiny detail uh the point is it's really gruesome when it you know breaks his arm like that and crawls into his suit and and uh Fifield gets the, the acid on his face and you see the the helmet kind of just fusing to his face which is great and you know even with with the Holloway getting sick like seemingly with like, each shot they you know add the more makeup you see like pulsating veins in his neck and, and that's great and you know of course of course the the med pod scene which which is amazing amazing it, it really kind of rivals the the chestburster scene uh, of the original film in terms of just really uh shocking moments that I, I mean I can say personally going back to my own uh, experience at, at the movie theater seeing it for the first time I, I think that might have been like the only time in a movie where I kind of just turned away a little bit and covered my eyes just for like a second uh, maybe because it was in 3d actually um, but that was great and the effects were great and seeing you know the the big uh, mu mutated uh, giant face hugger thing which which looks great I mean the effects are, are incredible in this film um, it's I mean I guess it's to date the the last alien film uh in in the series i guess to to be a you know nominate for an academy award for its visual effects which which you always kind of associate uh with the movies you always kind of associate that these are monster movies whatever you want to call them uh but made with the the best most up-to-date groundbreaking visual effects which prometheus achieved i think so it, it absolutely nailed it in, in terms of visual effects and you know when it comes to to the other arguments i i mean you hear a lot of the same things over and over again sure uh like with petting this the space snake and uh, uh what else i mean i mean a lot of them are kind of bad faith arguments it's like okay uh he, he takes off his helmet uh though he you know checks the readings there's there's breathable air there there's been terraforming so he was right so what's what's your point i mean I don't get it, especially, you know, in a post-COVID world, I don't want to hear anyone being concerned about breathing in, you know, possible virulence, okay? Um, and maybe like the the running from the juggernaut uh, in a straight line. I don't know if you if you watch it closely, you can kind of see like debris kind of just shooting down like like meteors uh, from from the side part of the ship. So, I mean, maybe technically it would be a little bit safer running straight. I don't know. Um, but I mean, they, they seem to be echoed throughout eternity, uh, where you can repeat that same talking point, feel justified in believing it to be a valid criticism of, of the film, which I mean, if it is to you, that's, that's fine. I mean, you don't have to like the movie, obviously, um, none of us here and, you know, most of, of the alien fan base, uh, so, you know, they're civil about it. You know, obviously you're going to get people who are really, really hardcore name calling, whatever, as with any, you know, group of fans. But, uh, I mean, I, I would like to hear something different from, from people that, like people always say, Oh, the scientists are so stupid. Well, okay. That's what do you mean? Well, they take off their helmet. Okay, great. I don't know. It's it's not really a compelling argument to me. So there's going to be those those arguments, which in some way I get. 
and in, in some ways just inevitable. Um, because I mean, another really kind of actually kind of uh, astonishing thing to me was uh, not too long ago, I was listening to uh, the commentary track on, on the Blu-ray release of, of uh, John Spates and, and Damon Lindelof. Um, and you know, regardless of what you think of Damon Lindelof, uh, he recorded this before the movie was released. And he forecast to a T the exact arguments or exact complaints that people were going to have about the movie. And he provided his own justifications for them, which is fine. You can call out lazy writing, but whatever you see, whatever you deem to be lazy writing, there is kind of a reason, a justification behind it. Um, but that was amazing to me. So he knew going into it. I, I mean, they all knew going into it that it was going to be this divisive movie. But I think what was all, the ultimate goal which maybe wasn't in in the the goals for say Alien Covenant was that it was something that was still even as a prequel was going to stand alone on its own, and it was going to have uh, a wider appeal of sort of being an alien movie, but not being an alien movie and working on its own terms. And I think it's successful in that. I I really do. I think that was a great conversation honestly um I, I i i love talking about what doesn't work for me and also what does work for me i, I love these kinds of conversations where not everyone's all, all on the same page because it makes for it, it helps me learn more about the subject that we're talking about but also i don't like an echo chamber either i, I like it when someone disagrees and i like to hear why they disagree so it may, helps me understand them a little bit more i mean i think this conversation, what I've been thinking about the most is actually Alien Romulus. There's been all this controversy around the prequels and what we're about to get might be kind of like a side cool film, perhaps. And um, there's this expectation of what we think of when we think of an alien film. Of course, this next alien film is called Alien Romulus, so it is an actual alien film. Um, but I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know how it's going to feel. I don't know if it's going to feel a little bit more like Prometheus. Is it going to feel a little bit more like Alien? We we know a few things here and there, but the proof is in the pudding. We'll know when we see it. Um, and I know the things that I love the most about Alien are, and I'm not just talking about Alien, the first film, but in the first three films specifically, the silence, the atmosphere, the quiet, the patience it takes, how not obvious it is. Um, and how we have to, as the audience, have to figure out what's going on. And there is quite a bit of that in Prometheus. I think that there are a lot of actually interesting questions that Ridley Scott and Damon Lindelof and John Spates presented um, in a very different way that is, to your point, Derek, refreshing and, and new. And it flips things on its head. And I think that was a bold move for them. And it was a move that perhaps didn't pay off. Um, but we'll see. Um, but I, I, again, I love this discussion. I, I, I love talking about things like this. And I feel like if the right people are listening, who knows? Who knows? This will get back to to the people behind Romulus or the people behind the next, you know, there's an alien series on the way, you know, someday. And I feel like these conversations will maybe just make those better. That being said, thank you for coming on the show, Derek. That was the fastest hour of my life. If anybody else has anything to say. No, thank you for coming. I, I love hearing new perspectives. I love when people are passionate about something that I may ne not necessarily be. And then you plant a seed. We keep saying that. <laughs> you plant an idea and I go home and I or I go to bed and I think about it. So you've given me a couple things to think about. Thank you. I love that Prometheus has things you can dig into. Like I love the bas relief of the alien. I love the glowing green stone. I love that in the, the painting that's disintegrating on the ceiling, there's another alien species shown mm. that we don't know anything about. And you, so you can, you can buy the, the art book and you can look at it and you can think about it. And it's not just surface level. There is stuff there. It is very Lovecraftian. So yes, it's worth talking about Prometheus. We're, we'll still be talking about Prometheus 10 years from now for sure. But thank you for coming on, Derek. I, I really do appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, Derek. Likewise, it's, it's a pleasure to chat with you again and um, love what you do on Alien Theory, man. I, I always share a lot of uh, your stuff on our Instagram uh, page. And obviously, you probably see me like or comment on some things that you post. But um, yeah, man, I love it. And and uh, just love to 
keep fostering the alien community and and uh just having you on here as a guest is is uh it's great to like share the love of what we love about alien and the franchise together so very cool well thanks so so much for having me really uh, anytime you want me please just let me know i'll be on uh, this one in particular i i was very happy to do defending prometheus that's, that's what we're here for well don't i don't know this prometheus need defending i don't think so i just think it needs a little understanding a little love and care uh anyone listening if you haven't seen prometheus in a while check it out again give it another chance let go your inhibitions and just <laughs> enjoy this film yes i mean it makes me want to watch it again to be honest with you yeah I, me too I, actually so. i feel like i need to go watch it again yeah the longer cut though the longer cut yeah yeah, yeah. what's that cut called totally. the, the cut that, that's it's called like the the chaos cut or do, derek do you know what i'm talking about i i've i've heard of it i've never seen it myself actually oh yeah, my goodness i, I want to say white dragon but that's the blade runner thing um yeah. is it on youtube christian no i was i was given it as a oh. file oh and... that's right because oh, okay. you gave it to me i have it somewhere on a hard drive yeah or did there I give you the Covenant version? Because there's he, the guy did both, both of the previews. Oh, I don't remember with all the extra look. stuff and oh my yeah, gosh! Yeah. Um, I have to check that out. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. We will be back again with another episode of Perfect Organism. Bye. Thank you. Thanks, you guys. It was great. Thank you very much. Final report of the vessel Prometheus. The ship and her entire crew are gone. If you're receiving this transmission. Make no attempt to come to its point of origin. There's only death here now, and I'm leaving it behind. It is New Year's Day, the year of our Lord, 2094. My name is Elizabeth Shaw, last survivor of the Prometheus, and I'm still searching. For more on Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast, please visit perfectorganism.com. Perfect Organism is available for listen or download through Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, and Spotify. If you'd like to support the show, please visit perfectorganism.com forward slash support. Thank you.